Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Hated not being here last week. Uh, I had uh, my family and I had a very crazy weekend. It feels so good to be back here with you. I had two weddings to do last weekend. I had one on Saturday in Lima, and then one in Indianapolis on Sunday. And so, a lot of travel, a lot of coordinating, a lot of people, a lot of bridezillas. You know what I'm saying? It's just, uh, it just a lot to do in one weekend. I, it took me till like Tuesday to recover, not just from the travel, but from like you know all of that. So. But anyway, it's good to be back here with you guys uh, this week. So we are wrapping up. We are in the middle of a series. Actually, we're at the end of the series called AHA, and uh, we're wrapping that up today. And uh, and it's been a great series. I've really enjoyed it. What what I really love most about the series is hearing the stories from you about what God is doing in your life, what he is speaking to you, and and what uh, what he is shifting there in your life as, as he is giving you an awakening and you are being honest with yourself. So... Uh, and then taking the action steps. It's, it's been awesome. So maybe we'll have the opportunity to share some of those stories. Um, now, I already talked a little bit. I've got some, a couple announcements for you. Uh, I already talked a little bit about the food pantry that's coming up uh, and the community festival. But today, the most important thing... Oh, yeah, thanks, Well, but we're all right. Uh, today, after second service, we are doing baptisms. So if you uh, are interested and would like to get baptized today, you can do that at about 12.15 is when second service will end. So you can uh, head home, grab a change of clothes if you want to, or just hang out for second service and then dive in the tank afterwards. I would, wouldn't really recommend diving. It's kind of shallow. You won't hurt yourself, but you can get in the tank all the same. Um, very exciting weekend uh, that we had yesterday. and I, I just share this with you. Uh, quite a few of us, uh, just the leadership and my board and my pastor, um, we got to look at our new property last night. And, uh, yes, and it is going to happen this week. I believe we are going to sign the lease, and uh, and it's just a matter of working out those details. And so, hopefully, don't put this in your calendars yet. Hopefully, we will be in our new building. November sixteenth will be our first Sunday morning there, and it is beautiful. You can talk to any of the leadership that that had the opportunity to go. Uh, and as soon as we sign the lease, I promise I will throw the doors open and you can come in because I will need your help. <laughs> uh, there's just painting and some, some light things to do. But the beautiful thing about this building, we thought we were going to get one, one particular situation and we needed a space for kids. And I said, you know, we need a third, a third unit here. And uh, he said, well, I got one all the way down here you can come look at. And it was just going to be too far. And I was prepared to go in and shake the man's hand and say, yeah, this is just not going to work for us. We committed to walking away if there wasn't a third unit as a, as a board. And, and what happened was I was waiting there for him to come out for this third unit to show me the one I was going to say no to and thank him and respectfully decline. And he comes walking out of another space, and I said, well, what's that? He said, oh, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be interested in that, but we can take a look. <laughs> wow, it was amazing. And I said, why, why would you think we wouldn't want this? He said, well, I thought you guys wanted open floor plan. I'm like, no, we want walls with classrooms. And this place is set up. We can walk in and have church right now. And so uh, it's very exciting times for us. We, we're all very energized. Personally, the thought of not having to set up and tear down every week is an amazing idea. But to have our own place in the community that we say, hey, that's our building. That's Simple Church. 
establishes us as a church that is here to stay and, uh, and gives us tremendous growth opportunity in a way, uh, like an actual building that we can be a blessing to this city out of. So we're very excited. So my, my big ask for you, pray for us. Please pray for us. Pray for the negotiations. We want to negotiate. He's, and uh, I don't think he's going to listen to this podcast, so he's asking for a price that we're not going to pay. And so <laughs> pray, pray that God softens his heart and that he gives us wisdom to know how to no- negotiate and navigate that whole thing. So uh, to be a blessing there. But we are so excited, and I promise you, as soon as we are able to let you in the building, we will do that. So maybe after a Sunday uh, teardown, we will uh, just go over, and if, if we sign this week, we'll just go over, and you all can come in and take a look. Okay? Cool. All right, so... Continuing or finishing up and wrapping up this AHA series, we've been, uh, we've been going through the parable of the prodigal son, and, uh, and this, is, this is an interesting journey. And this is, this is one of three parables that Jesus told, right? He tells the story of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost sheep, which is where there's 100 sheep, one goes away, and, and the, the shepherd forsakes the 99 and goes after the one. And then he tells the story, the parable of the, uh, the coin, the, the, the woman who has these precious coins, and she loses one, and then she turns her whole house upside down looking for the one. And when she finds it, she celebrates and has a party. And, and then Jesus tells this bigger story, that, and he makes it, takes it from being a sheep, takes it from being coins, and makes it relatable to you and I, and says, okay. And any time the Bible says something three times, you probably want to pay attention to it, right? And Jesus is giving his audience three different ways to hear the same story. That he's after the one. He cares about the one. You and I are the one. And so we've been, we've been going through the parable of the prodigal son, which is the third parable that he told. And, uh, and we saw how the prodigal son left home and wound up in the distant country. And he wound up feeding pigs. And, and in feeding pigs, we realized that for a Jewish guy, that's like hitting rock bottom, Right? So this is where he is, because Jews don't deal with pigs. They don't eat bacon, they don't eat sausage, they don't even raise them, they don't touch them, they're unclean. And so Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience, wants them to understand, this kid has lost it all and has hit rock bottom. That's feeding pigs. I don't know if we may need to make t-shirts and, like, you know, pigs, rock bottom, I'm not sure, but anyway. And so he's feeding pigs, he's hungry, and he even wants to eat the pig food, right? That's how bad off it is for him. But he had to be brutally honest about his situation, and realized that until he admitted that he had sinned and led himself into that distant country and, in, and into the pig pen, that he did all that himself, there would be no aha moment for them. There would be no realization. There would be no change in his life. He was going to remain in the pig pen. But, but for him, the, the thing is that the aha doesn't have to stop there. See, he had to get up. He had to do something. He had to stand up out of the pig pen. And for us, what that means for us, when, when this guy stood up and got out of the pig pen, look what he left. He left his, his work, that he left his employment. He had to change something. He left relationships behind. He left all kinds of things behind. He left any kind of home. Whatever he had set up in the years that he had spent in the distant country, he walked away from. And I think this is where we all get kind of hung up, right? It's that immediate action. We need to do something. We're like, man, we've invested so much into this that we don't want to walk away from it. We don't want to cut ties from it. But we see that the son had to do that, and he had to start going back home. And so if, if you've missed the past couple weeks, the AHA is an acronym. It means an awakening, honesty, and action, right? So this is, this is that sudden awakening where you, where you wake up, uh, the brutal honesty, where you are so brutally honest with yourself in that immediate action, like do something now. And so that's what we've been talking about the past few weeks. And it, at any of those points along the plot of an AHA story, it's easy to get stuck. And a lot of people have that sudden awakening 
Uh, fewer people have the, the, the ability to be honest with themselves, and even fewer after that do anything about their situation, right? Even fewer. And when the Holy Spirit leads us on a path of aha, it's not every story that ends back at the Father's house. So my question for you is this. I'm going to ask a lot of questions today about your life. How is your aha story going to end? Are you going to allow it to end at awakening? Right? Look at, at the awakening, you have to hear the alarm in order to wake up. Now, I don't know how many of you guys are like this. How many of you guys hear the alarm in the morning and you, you smack that alarm? You know you need to get up at a certain hour and you need so much time in order to get ready, in order to be faithful, employee, and get the kids ready and get out the door. And yet you lie to yourself and say, just nine more minutes. Because it's not five. Why is it nine? I don't know why it's nine. Is everybody's alarm is tuned to nine five, minutes? Nine. Is it five? Nine. You know, you're the odd, odd one in the group. But everybody else is nine, right? I, oh, you've never used it. Good for you. Good for you. Some people can get up. I can't get up. I'm one of those guys. I even shared that I moved my alarm clock across the room so that I had to walk over and hit it. And Anyway, we lie to ourselves. We have the old wake-up call, and yet we don't respond to it. It wakes us up, but we, we stay where we are in bed or in our situation. We realize, hey, this is a bad place to be. Not in bed. In bed's a wonderful place to be. But every other bad situation, if you're in the pig pen, if you're at rock bottom, you realize it's a bad place to be, and yet you turn off the alarm. You justify it by lying to yourself. You say, so it's, it's like it suddenly hits you that you're on the road towards an unfaithful, uh, unfaithfulness in your marriage, but then you justify your actions instead of being honest about them. You tell yourself, well, he did this to me, or she's been lying about this, and so I'm going to pay her back by continuing. We lie to ourselves. It suddenly hits you that you're living the kind of life you never thought you would live. But then you justify and say, no, that's just religious mumbo jumbo. That's something somebody else has put in my head. And so you justify your actions instead of being honest about them. Or it suddenly hits you that, that your life is taking place in a pig pen. And it doesn't have to be this way anymore. But then you talk yourself out of it by saying, I'm, I'm not good enough to go home. I can't go back to the Father's house. I'm damaged. He, can't, he couldn't love me. You don't know what I've done. We lie to ourselves, right? And we tell ourselves that whatever we need to to be able to stay right there, that sudden awakening, we ignore and your aha story stops there. But God wants to wake you up and he doesn't want to just wake you up. He doesn't want your story to end there. Some of you will move from that sudden awakening to the next phase of the aha story, which is that brutal honesty. You've come to grips with where you've been and where you are you realize and you're honest with yourself about how you got there, that it's your fault and yours alone. You've acknowledged your sin. You've even confessed it. Maybe you've gone to people that you've broken relationship with and you said, I am so sorry. And you've confessed that. But, but your honesty, and it breaks your heart, but can your story end there? Because you wake up, you go through all the pain of confessing. You go through all the consequences of that. You, you, you deal with that, but you don't do anything to change how you got there. There's no action. You, you're stuck. You walk away feeling a little better, but your aha story ends there, and there's other chapters to your story that you can experience. It's like you confess to your spouse that a Facebook relationship has gone a little too far, but you don't block that person or, cha or, or change your phone number. You realize the damage that pornography is having on your mind having on your family, having on your relationship with your spouse. And yet, you do nothing, even though you confess with many tears. 
You do nothing to ensure that you are not enslaved again. You don't put the, the software on your computer. Maybe you need to give up your phone or the way that you access it. You don't put any guardrails in place. You take no action. You're sorry that you got there, but there's been nothing past that. You tell your boss you've been stealing money or office supplies but are unwilling to return those items. Or you say you forgive a family member, but you won't let them close enough to get into relationship with you. It's lip service. You've told them I forgive you, but you keep them at a distance. Everybody's happy because you both have said you're sorry. You both have said you've forgiven, but you haven't really. You haven't because there's no restoration. You haven't gone through the process it takes to be restored. No action. And a story that ends in honesty doesn't make any change. It just puts a spiritual band-aid on the problem. And if you want to heal the wound, you need to take the next step. You need to follow an immediate action. So what if your story moves beyond the powerful moment of awakening and beyond the the pain of, of opening up and being willing to confess your sin? And being honest with yourself. What if it moves past that? What if like the prodigal son, you get up and you go back to your father. You take the hard steps towards change and you know your life will never be the same. What if you did these things? These things may be the hardest steps that you've ever had to take. But you know that as you take each one, they get easier and easier, right? One step builds upon the next. You can see God's fingerprints on the whole process. And you know that the Holy Spirit is guiding you and leading you because your world has changed. You are forever changed. Your family can feel it. Your children, your boss, your friends, people at church, no matter where you go, they can see a difference in you. They know that you're changed. But what if your story ends there? You say, well, you've moved beyond a simple recognition of a problem and you've surrendered that part of your life to God. Or maybe you've experienced freedom for the first time in years. Or your relationships are healthy for the first time in your life. Or you start to grow in the word of God more and more than ever before. These are great things on your path to returning to the Father. These are blessings that come with that immediate action that you have taken. But does your aha story end there? I'm here to tell you today, no. Then that's what today's message is all about. Luke 15 would tell us the story doesn't end with the son going home and the father greeting him. There's a little more. So we're going to jump into the, to the rest of this story and finish this up. Because there is a final chapter to your aha story. And it's in Luke 15, uh, 22. And if you need a Bible today, we would love to give you a Bible. If you don't own one, we would love to do that. If you just raise your hand, our service host will get one. We've got one right up here. And we will put that in your hands. That is your Bible to keep. Write your name in it. You can make notes in it. You can read it as well. That'll be a good thing for you. <laughs> right? I, I listened to the podcast last week and Tom said that. It made me laugh so hard. It was good. But we, we, we want that to be your gift. Now, the verses are going to be up on the screen, but if you don't know the Bible, we want you to have one. All right. So we're going to be in Luke 15, 22 through 24. And it says, but the father said to the servant. So here's what's happened. Okay. The son has come home. The father ran out to meet him. And the son had been practicing his, his statement. He was going to say, all right, dad. I messed up. Make me like one of your servants, and I'll serve you for the rest of my life. I don't, I'm no longer worthy to be a son. But that's not how the father responds. This is how he responds. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son was lost and is found. We don't have, oh, we don't have it. Okay, all right. So, well, then I can just listen to me. So they began to party. 
It actually says celebrate, but I like the word party. I think we understand that a little better. So, so, the, so what's happening? They're partying. Like, look, if you were ever, ever a party kind of guy, you know that, that the reason you went out was because, hey, man, it had been a stressful week, or there was stuff going on in your family, and you would party to forget, right? You would to unwind, to de-stress, and yet, as Christians, we party to remember. It's so different. We need to party. We have a God who is willing and wants to celebrate with us. To celebrate the return of his son. God wants to write the last chapter of your aha story, and he wants to call it celebration. Feels like cool again. Celebrate good times. Come on. It's a right? I don't know what I was doing there. Spinning. I just didn't want to dance and make myself look stupid. So. I think I failed in that, though. Nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> thing we have to realize is that our story doesn't end with you. Our story always ends with God. Amen? When you come home to the Father's house, it ends with God. He's the exclamation point. He is the end of the story. And when God writes an aha story, your life gets back on, uh, to the way it started, with the Father. Jesus continues in, in verse 15, fifteen seven. he says, I tell you that in the same way here, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous person, uh, persons who do not need to repent. Then he repeats himself. Look, when the Bible repeats itself, pay attention. It's important. <laughs> 1510, he says, in the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over, of God over one sinner who repents. Look at, the, look at the picture that Jesus is painting here. There is rejoicing in heaven. God the Father is rejoicing. I can, I can imagine Jesus throwing an incredible party. Like that's what's going to happen, right? You guys know that, right? There's going to be a big party when we get to heaven. A spread like you can't imagine. Bacon and cheddar pancakes. <laughs> Look, I'm pretty sure that bacon thing and that whole pig thing will go out the window. Sausage, bacon, no calories. Cake. Cake. Cake balls. All the cake. There's going to be a celebration. Food is just the smallest part of it. The rest of it is a genuine party for us. <coughs> a spread like you have never seen before. Music like you've never heard before. Jesus is saying not only is there rejoicing in heaven with God the Father, but he's got everybody celebrating as well. The angels <coughs> will understand the heart of the Father, who are his servants. The servants in the picture as well are celebrating when one person repents, and turns back to God. This is a beautiful picture. This is a party. And since the beginning of man's time on earth, man walked with God. Adam and Eve, they walked with him in the garden. But there was this separation. They, like the prodigal son, decided they wanted their own way. They didn't want to do it God's way. And they ate of the gar- uh, in the garden, they ate of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is the one thing he told them they couldn't do. Yeah. One thing. And they said, no, we're going we're gonna to do this our way. 
And they walked out and sin entered in. And since that time, every child, man and woman, whatever, has been born into sin. And we have entered into this world separated from our Father. And God celebrates what Jesus did was make a way for us to come home. He made that way, and so he is celebrating when we come back. He never gets tired of seeing the dark figures of his children approaching from a distance. Amen. Never gets tired of that. He never gets tired of running out past the front porch because that's what the father in this story did. He saw him in a distance, and the son was already heading that way, and the father ran. Which if you understand in this time period, this is not in my notes, I'm going to wing it. That for a man to run, a father, a dignitary, somebody like that, it was, it was almost shameful for him to hike up his robe and run to his... I don't know if you've ever tried to run in a robe before, but anybody that's ever been married, I did a wedding this weekend, for these girls just to walk in that dress was tough enough. Try running in it and you're going to do a face plant within the first few steps, you know what I'm saying? And he hikes up his robe and runs to his son. That's what the Father is doing for us when we repent, when we turn. His love is so great for us that he sees us in the distance. He never gets tired of welcoming home the ones who are lost but are now found. And if you look closely, you might just see him running out to meet you today. You might. So I guess the last question that I have to ask is, is will you join the celebration? Will, will you be willing to join this? Because see, there's, there was two sons in the house, right? There was the younger son, who was the prodigal son, the one who left. And the older son, the one who had stayed behind. And God has written a lot of aha stories in this church over the past few weeks. I've had multiple conversations with people who God is shaking up their lives. That's an amazing place to be. I'm excited for every one of them. But we also have lots of people who might miss aha here. In this church, they might miss that moment. And the most dangerous thing that you could say today is, I don't need aha. I don't need that in my life. I don't need to be awakened. I don't need to be honest with myself. I don't need to do anything. I'm good. That's the older son mentality. Because look at Luke 15, 25 through 30. Jesus wraps up the story, brings the attention back to the older son. And he says, now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he, the older son, was angry and refused to go in to the celebration. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you. I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat. If you ever had goat, it's delicious. I recommend it. You've never given me a young goat. thought I'd throw that out there. If that sounds weird to you, it probably is, but it's delicious. It's great. He says, you've never given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Do you hear all the eyes in there? Look at me. I. I. He's calling attention to himself. Look at what I have done. And yet you have never given me a small goat, not even the fattened calf, just a goat. He says, but when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. He now resents the son, the one who has received home with joy. He doesn't want to join the party. He doesn't want to join 
the celebration. See, there's more than one kind of aha story that God wants to write here in this church today. Some people need to experience aha for the very first time. They don't know what it's like in the Father's house. They were born into sin, they've been in their sin, and they've never turned to God. Or maybe they have and they've walked away. And they need for the first time to experience that. And know God like they've never known Him before. But there are some people in the church who need to remember their very first aha moment. They need to remember what it was like when they turned the first time to Christ. You need to remember. When you sit there and say, well, I've been here in church. I've been here for a long time. I've been saved for a long time. I've known Jesus. I grew up in the church. I've never done anything bad. You, you start going, I, 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 I. You know what's building up there? A lot of pride. A lot of pride. And that pride puts you on a pedestal and puts the newbie, the new Christian, in a place where you don't know what they've done. I won't, I'm not going to fellowship with them. You don't know who they are. You don't know how many drugs they've done. You don't know, you don't know about them. You, you don't know how many relationships they've burned. You don't know that he cheated on his wife. He doesn't belong here. How dare you? You don't know how many children he has with other women. You don't know how he has lived or she has lived their life prior to. They, they party. They don't belong here. You refuse to celebrate the simple fact that they've repented of their sins and come back. You know, for me, my, my aha, you know, I, I grew up in church. I'm, I'm the older brother. I think we've all played the role. For me, I, I played both roles. I grew up in church, and I even complained to God when I was about 20 years old. This is my, me and my arrogance. I complained and said, I got no testimony, Lord. I wasn't delivered from drugs. I've never been to jail. I've never committed a crime that I got caught for. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a testimony. You got people being delivered from alcoholism, marriages being restored. I got nothing. I've been here. Nothing to celebrate. When in fact, that was my celebration. That God had protected me from all that brokenness in my life and in my family. And it was shortly thereafter because what happens? Pride comes before what? Fall. That I walked away in my arrogance and I went to a distant country like the prodigal did. And I was offended. And to this day, I am thankful for my journey home. I remember it. I celebrate it. I remember the day that I came back home. I remember where it was. I remember where I prayed. Not only do I specifically remember the day that I walked away and what I was doing, I can recount it for you. I can show you the place on 270 where I made the decision. I'm done. It's just before the eastern exit. Heading northbound. But I can tell you the time and place, the location. When I came back home. And I celebrate that moment, folks. And God celebrated the moment that I turned my heart back to Him. He celebrates that with me. And I and my arrogance became the prodigal son. Not the older son who had been there. My question for you is, do you remember what it was like before you returned home? And if you remember what it was like, then, man, you would be more than willing to celebrate aha moments with people. 
if you truly remember. Because the celebration never ends. People are repenting and returning to God all the time. Sometimes it's, they just walk away a little bit. You know, they, 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 it's in an attitude or it's in a behavior. And they repent and return. We all do it a little bit. Whether you fully walk away from God or you walk away in a, in a thought or a belief. And God keeps writing aha stories. And God's people keep celebrating aha stories. And if you're one of those who know about aha and is kind of skeptical, skeptical about celebrating with the younger brother, let me tell you two things. The first is, remember what it was like when you first realized Jesus loved you. The second thing is, take a good, long look in the mirror and ask God to show you areas where you're starting to wander off to a distant country of your own. Speaking to the older brothers in the room, those that have been here for a while. And if you are unwilling, let me give you a hint. If you are unwilling to pray that very prayer, if you're unwilling to say, Lord, where am I wandering off? Let me tell you what your issue is. Are you ready for it? Here's your hint. It's pride. I only know that because that was me. Because we know that a position of prayer is one of humility in the first place. Chronicles, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Prayer is a position of humility. And if you are unwilling to be honest and allow God to speak into your life, to look into your life, you might want to begin with repenting of pride. We're all in this together. We're all praying for aha, longing for moments in our life that we get to celebrate. I had one, and I don't want to. I, I, I had one a week and a half ago, and I can't wait to share it with you because in this next couple of weeks, we've got a series coming up uh, starting next week called the Parenting Boot Camp. It's going to be amazing. But I had one of those ahas, and I celebrated that with my children as a parent because God is speaking and willing to give you those moments if you're willing to pray and listen. I, I honestly can't wait to share it with you. It's going to. It'll bless you. I hope it does. It's been a blessing in my home. We have to celebrate those things, folks. We want to come to our senses, to be honest with ourselves about ourselves, and get up out of the pig pen and run into the Father's house where we know He's waiting to celebrate with us. So what is your story? Where will your story end? Today I want to invite you to join the celebration. Today we're going to celebrate with baptisms. It's one of the ways that we celebrate So after second service today, we're going to celebrate people who are making commitments to return to the Father's house and to live there, to follow after Jesus with all their hearts. And today is about celebrating those that are coming home. So if you're here today, some of you, some of you you need to join in the celebration. You need to get baptized. And if that's you, let me tell you, you have plenty of time to run home, get some clothes and a towel, and get baptized here at 1215. Oh, don't laugh at me. I'm being serious. Some of you need to join it. There are others of you, you need to toss aside those reservations. Say, I'm not sure. I don't know how to do it. That's okay. That's what we're all here for. We're all here in fellowship as a family together to lead you and guide you in a walk with Jesus. That's why we're here, folks. That's why we're here. And you need to toss aside that reservation and jump in the tank today. And others of you, you just need to come home and accept Jesus for the very first time. So I'm going to give that opportunity today. Let's pray. Let's pray. Everybody bow your heads.
you have never accepted Christ into your life. And you want to do that today. It's as simple as beginning with a prayer. You say, well, I don't know what the prayer is. That's okay, I'll lead you in it. But I'm not sure. That's okay. If you have the faith to confess Christ as Lord, the word says that we are changed instantly. So let's pray. If this is you, you say, Aaron, I want to I head home. For the first time, that's me. Or whether it's the hundredth time. Maybe you are the older son and you've walked away like I did in my personal life. And you need to come back. If that's you, no, nobody's looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you raise your hand and let me know that you're here, I'm going to count to three. When I say three, shoot your hand up. Look, right now could be your first step in walking back home. So if that's you, on three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you for your honesty. I would like everybody to join me in this prayer. And say it out loud so that your own ears can hear it. You say, well, Aaron, I'm not really sure I believe that yet. That's okay. You can practice for the day that you do. So that you know what to say. So that if you're sitting in a hotel room somewhere, or you're sitting in your car, or in your bedroom, or the shower, You'll know what the words are because you practiced them this morning. It goes like this. Jesus, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you came and died and rose again. And you did all that for me because you love me. Thank you, Jesus. Show me how to live my life. And I'll spend every day doing just that. Amen. Amen. That's as simple as the prayer is, folks. And if you've made that commitment today for the first time or hundredth time, I, I don't care.